Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Matriarch Motivation Podcast. You may be finding this in podcast form on Spotify or video form on YouTube. My name is Julia. I own Pretty Aggressive Industries. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified nutrition coach, and certified transformation specialist. I run a premium three-month life coaching program based on the pillars of resiliency to help people learn to thrive in this life because simply surviving is bullshit. I am the author of Beyond Damage, available on Amazon, with my second book in the works titled The Stick in Your Spokes. Both are aimed at teaching the tools of resiliency to thrive in this life after being raised in a dysfunctional or toxic environment. Starting in January, I will begin earning my diploma in community and addiction support work, finished for October 2022. I created Matriarch Motivation for two reasons. First, to add to the choir of incredible and strong female voices who have or are already making their contribution by inspiring women to level up their minds, hearts, and lives. Sharing stories and advice that encourage us to change the world and ourselves. Second, to offer a voice I felt was missing in this community, specifically one based in the beliefs that events and changes come from within us. The universe does not move our mountains. We do. We need to stop offering credit to the cosmos, calling ourselves lucky and blessed. We bring in what we put out. We earn what we work for. Today's episode is about the tools for winter blues, holiday depression, and seasonal affective disorder. I've actually already done a video on this topic that I released last year around the same time. But as the holiday season started this year and came up in discussions amongst my friends, the words and my old story slipped out of my mouth. Yeah, I usually have a really hard time during the holidays emotionally. Each year is me trying to get the holidays right and failing and trying to figure out how to have a good Christmas season, but I usually wind up in tears. But as I tried to start my pity parade, I'm like, oh shit, wait, that's not what happened last year. Last year I fixed it. And then I made a pretty aggressive YouTube video about it. Whoops, guess I need to change my tune here. But since you're here, let's talk about what happened and then go over the tools that allowed me to end the cycle of my winter blues and holiday victimhood mindset. Before we get into this, I'm putting a very firm disclaimer. If you take medication for anxiety or depression, or you are considering talking to a medical professional about that, that's a you thing. My firm stance is that exploring, developing, and executing growth-focused life skills Healthy coping mechanisms and overall resiliency is great for everyone, regardless of your current mental health status. The only humans that get hurt when you become a better person are those not ready to walk that path. So let's dive in. Five years ago, I chose to separate from my husband and the father of my child, who was nearly two. With that family split, came the death of so many dreams I had for my family and my life and my future. This was the death of the possibility of more children in that family unit, the death of our holidays together, filled to the brim with family members and children filling that home with warmth and joy. I had chosen to leave, which meant I had wrecked both the hope and potential of building those memories with my partner and for my child. The bitterness towards myself was suffocating. So these dreams of recreating the happy part of that with the family I was building were now unobtainable. Year after year, I tried finding, participating, 
or creating what would offer me a happy holidays. Every year I wound up in tears, depressed, stressed, and miserable. Three years in a row, I tried to tweak the formula, tried something a bit different, set new boundaries. Each year I made a plan, hoping my holidays would be better than the last. Less tears, less stress, more fulfillment. I kept asking existential questions about what would truly make me happy during the holidays. I even had a hard talk with a friend who, despite my confused defensive resistance, helped me realize each year I was actually experiencing grief. As though there were someone close to me that I was mourning the loss of, I couldn't think of anyone. Then realized I had lost the holidays of my childhood due to recognizing the toxicity and cutting off my family. And then a second loss of the dream I had tried to build with my former husband. I came into those years thinking, the holidays are just a tough time. They're tough for everyone. The holidays are hard. My dialogue was building my reality. Not only was I choosing my perspective, I was doubling down on affirming my own beliefs by telling myself that many others obviously feel the same as me. I grouped myself to comfort myself. I wrapped myself in the self-righteous blanket of you're not alone in order to justify my pain and set in stone my own victimhood mentality. This is where the true change happened last year. I have practiced this tool aggressively since my recovery. You don't have to believe everything you think. You can change and choose your internal dialogue. I don't want to think and feel like the holidays are hard. It's not a mantra I want to live by. The holidays aren't hard for everyone. Who the fuck is everyone? The whole planet? Not everyone on the planet even celebrates Christmas. Everyone in Western culture? No, some people love Christmas and have incredible holiday memories every year. I need to stop giving myself a confirmation bias to justify my struggle. I'm going to choose that the holidays are only as tough or as difficult as I choose to think and feel about them. I have $40 to spend on a Christmas tree. I'm doing just fine. This tool is also the prompt. The story I'm telling myself is, if you haven't realized, your reality is created by how you've chosen to talk to yourself about it. We each tell ourselves the story of, who's to blame, whether or not we were justified in the actions we took, or being mad, or that the person in the checkout line in front of us is a total idiot, or that we're not smart enough to do something. These aren't universal truths. They're the story we're creating in order to make sense of the world in a way that makes us feel comfortable. If you'd like an in-depth explanation of this, check out a podcast called The You Project, done by Craig Harper, who's like the Tony Robbins of the Southern Hemisphere. He recently did an episode that interviewed the seasoned and talented coach Bobby Capuccio, who was able to describe the super annoying human behavior and how to start living beyond its limits. Go check it out. So that's tool number one. Tool number two is pulling my head out of my own ass. One of the greatest tools I've found for depression is broadening my perspective. Stop living right in front of my own face. Me, me, me. How am I going to be happy this holiday? What do I want? What can I do to make sure I, I, I? 
This is the obsessive self-focus to create self-care, which we will get into as tool number three. When we live solely for ourselves, life holds very little meaning. Being a contributing member of society is ingrained in our tribal species. Without a component of our lives being devoted to helping others or providing a service to others in some way, we miss out on building part of our identity that offers us a sense of self-worth. We are designed to work as a team. And when we deny that psychosocial need and get wrapped up in self-focused depression, it actually gives us one more thing to feel bad about. It makes us feel more alone and unworthy of accessing resources because we aren't a contributing member to the group that we wish we had help from. We feel undeserving. On the other side of this, women in particular can feel they are constantly living to please others and always putting themselves aside in order to people please or help others. You can also pull your head out of your own ass for this too. Your husband, children, in-laws, friends, in the grand scheme of things, it is not your responsibility to ensure that they have a good holiday or even ensure their comfort or happiness. That is not on you. You are not the sole provider of order and access to resources. I challenge you to delegate. Put responsibility in the hands of those who are long overdue for a hard lesson you're robbing them of about how to become independent and autonomous. If people around you are constantly unable to solve their own problems without your help, set some fucking boundaries. The third tool for changing self-care into self-worth. That's the third tool, changing self-care into self-worth. The media has twisted part of the female uprising campaign into this consumerism monster. We spent centuries living for our kids and our husbands. We fought for the right to vote and burnt our bras. Now companies and brands are telling us to vote with our wallets and are asking what we'd like to wear instead of bras. The marketing of self-care is based around buying into new beauty products, workouts, and diets that all require taking time for and spending money on ourselves. Even meditation can be turned into a marketing opportunity in how-to books, classes, aromatherapy, and stretchy leggings. And yet we are not happier than ever. We chase feeling good or better about ourselves by locking the kids out of the bathroom to take a bath or joining the gym, but our lives don't improve. It's because self-care is a way to feel better in the moment. What we are missing is devoting time to building self-worth. This is how we feel better about ourselves as a person. It's a personal legacy. Self-care is making sure we have enough. Self-worth is earning something that can't be taken away. When you solve a problem, when you approach a challenge, no matter how small, when you learn something, when you teach something, when you help, when you give, when you let go, when you overcome a fear, you are building self-worth. And it lasts 10 times longer than self-care. It's very permanent. We do this by accomplishing things, no matter how small. The fourth and last tool is mini goals. I have personally been in depression so deep. I've had to call a friend just to be on the phone to talk me through putting on clothes to go to work. I have cried for so many days straight, I would wake up with my eyes puffed shut for weeks. Mini goals have saved my life. Every day I make a list. When I'm really down, that list is small. Brush my teeth, do the dishes, 
do one focused activity with my kid, coloring, Lego, whatever, tiny things, not hard, things I would do anyway. A few days later, I add making a phone call I've been avoiding, checkmark, success. The next day I fix that shelf I've allowed to just be broken for a month. That's teeth, dishes, my kid, shelf. That's it, checkmark, success. I can do this. Tomorrow I'll do another. I'll finally drop off my donation pile at the thrift store. Then I add making sure I shower every day. Then I add texting one friend to check in on them. And so on and so forth. Mini goals, they're small, until a daily routine is built and I'm a normal functioning human, to a point I don't need the list for basics. And when shit starts to spiral and I feel lost, I go back to my list. I put down the basics, dishes, shower, kid, and we build. I use my tools. Thank you for listening. If you are dealing with holiday depression, seasonal affective disorder, or the holiday blues, please reach out, find tools, do the work, um, listen, ask questions, explore, get uncomfortable. This is the only way we grow. It's onward and upward. Thank you for listening. That's been another episode of Matriarch Motivation. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at prettyaggressive underscore official. My name is Julia, and I'm always here to help.